Hey, hey, everyone. It's Katie McGregor Bennett, your host of AV Trade Talk. Today, I've got Todd Anthony Puma of The Source Home Theater Design and Installation, a New York-based integration firm who I've known for some time, but actually haven't caught up with in a while. So out of uh, out of that true inspiration alone, realizing I haven't talked with Todd in some time, and I think it was actually Cedia Expo back in September, wanted to catch up with him both on a personal and professional level as we're coming out of, uh, well, coming at least out of this phase of the pandemic um, and cities are opening up. I was especially interested to hear what was going on in New York and understanding that Todd works with a very diverse clientele, both residential and commercial. So that's kind of the reason we're talking, but I uh, wanted, to, wanted to also introduce you to Todd for those of you who don't know him. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce Mr. Todd Anthony Puma of The Source. Todd, sir, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on the show, Katie. I'm very excited about this. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I have to, I have to tell you, you are a bit of the inspiration for me getting into podcasting. You are, you're kind of one of the OG podcasters back in the day from Red Band. Um, oh, yeah. you, you and Chris Netto. And, you know, that was, I was a big fan in the day and I I'd appreciated a lot of the conversations and the way that you guys talked about what was going on in the industry, but really to, to help integrators do the better, a better job of integration and to help kind of prevent some of the, the mistakes or, or uh, challenges that can come up in the field. And so, you know, it's, I just wanted to share that with you that I, I, I have not forgotten Red Band um, and it still is, is, is very front of mind for me to this day is that, you know, you really were one of the original, um, original casters out there that you guys did a great, great, great job. Um, I, we didn't meet through that. We met later on. Uh, you've worked with Screen Innovations as we have over the years. Uh, and, and so we definitely got to know a little bit about you guys then, but honestly, it's, it's been a few years since I've caught up with you. So, um, so I just wanted to, to, to kind of catch up and see what you've been up to, as I said, in the lead. Um, and, and then just kind of have you share with us a little bit about what's going on in the field. So with, with that in mind, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> talk to me a little bit about what the last few months have looked like and felt like for you guys, um, as a, as an integration firm serving such an important market. Um, how did you, how did you pivot? Well, it really comes down to, a roller coaster, right? You know, I, I don't like amusement parks and I don't like roller coasters. <laughs> I can't deal with it. It makes me uh, get anxiety. Um, so that's how it kind of went originally. You know, we went into it with a positive note. Everything I do is with positivity. I believe the best is going to happen. And, you know, throughout this, that's what I did believe. There was times that it got a little dark because I was speaking to other integrators and I kind of felt what they were feeling. I felt that there was some fear involved, but I always seen the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. My staff was very positive throughout this. You know, we kept them on payroll. We kept them moving and no one stopped. Uh, it didn't matter if they were at work or not at work. They found things to do. Uh, service was number one with our clients and communication through service agreements, uh, adding service agreements, talking to customers when it was the right point about upgrading their network. But letting them come to us was the big thing throughout this is the customers. We just called them to see how they were doing, asked a couple of questions. You know, generally we cared. It wasn't about the sale. It was just, we wanted to see what they needed from us. If there was anything they need from us, offer free services. So anyone who would call us that wasn't in a service agreement, got a free service anyway. There are clients, we love them and we want to support them, especially through times like this because loyalty is everything. And I believe they do respect that. With that being said, at this point in this time, it all paid off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, what were, what were some of the things that, they, that you were getting calls on? And I, and I think maybe kind of let's phase this out a little bit. In the first 30 days, what were some of the, the calls or the, the conversations you were having with those clients? What were they looking for? What did they need? The first 30 days, it was silent. Um, because what happened during those first 30 days is people were moving into different homes. You know, with our cl- my clients, they live in Vermont, they live in the Hamptons, they live in other properties that they were fleeing the city for. 
So whatever was happening or occurring in their Manhattan homes wasn't of their concern. And their homes are the secondary homes were a little bit less technology driven. So the first month was zero, right? None of our clients talked to us. I think people were trying to figure things out. They were trying to understand what was going on. And they really didn't want to bother with anyone at that point because I think number one was their families and their safety of their families. After month one is when all the calls started coming in <laughs> and when all the questions started getting asked to us. Um, for the secondary homes, you know, they started thinking about what they need to do to upgrade those homes. They saw there was network issues. They saw that in their homes, their current homes that they were primarily staying at, they didn't have those issues. Another thing they were concerned about is building the office into their home. How could they segregate the traffic from every time their kids were doing Zoom meetings and going to school and, you know, going online and their wives were, you know, whatever they were doing, they felt the pain in their network. They felt the lagging. So the questions were being asked, asked to us is how do you advise us to move forward without feeling that? My mind started going. <laughs> right. So thinking there's no way of adding commercial in the residential home. That's crazy talk. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> no, that is, that's sick. Like, what are you thinking? So throughout that process, I contact, I looked on Crestron's website. I saw the products they were offering, like the Crestron Mercury. And I was like, you know what, guys? Called up someone that I know over there. And I said, listen, is it possible for me to try out this product and give it a shot? Because I have some ideas that I want to implement into my business. No problem at all. The next day, it was sent to us. They, I worked it. I realized that it's just a plug and play. I'm like, wait, Crestron has something that you just plug and play? Like, I must be in another world. Did I die during this? Like, what's, what's going on here? How did I miss this? Yeah, this is, this is amazing. So I started using it just for this, like Zoom calls, right? I, podcasting, I was always having the headphones. They were clicking out. I sounded like I was in a tunnel. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, this is not working especially if we're going to be doing this at, at a daily basis. You know, Mark Feinberg and myself, we, we really invested into going out to the market and talking to our peers, uh, educating our peers, getting educated. And through that process, you know, we didn't want to have, you know, the worst quality that any integrator had out there. So pressure on Mercury helped to clarify so many errors, but also gave me the mindset that what the customers were asking for I can make happen. I'm not, I was going to put in their homes a regular Logitech camera and a microphone and be like, done. That wouldn't <laughs> work. This is so much better. There's yeah. every revenue stream for us. There's a, an element of what they feel in their home office. So it doesn't give them the disconnect that say you would have by being at home. It also isolates their office. Now, what I was also thinking is they're in the office, most of my clients up to 13 to 14 hours a day. How can we make the home office kind of like the media room was? That, that was the big question, lighting, shading, music, adding all those elements into the home and then having one command, build it based upon the temperament they're in. Cause throughout the day you get migraines, you get headaches, you know, you need music to drive you before a phone call, whatever it is that you need to do to condition yourself to be successful for that day. I was trying to add that into the Crestron experience and add it into a button press that would add all those elements. The customer's Loved it. Loved the idea. Like when this is all over, we want you here. We want to get this done. We want to get that done. And for me, I was just like, uh huh. It's it's talk. You know, they're they're motivated. They have nothing better to do. They're excited about anything that's talking about doing something. So even they want to see me, which they never want to see me because clients don't want to see the AV guy. They love us, but they don't want to see us because that means there's a problem. And what happened is month three, we were starting to get out. 
So we went into all the secondary homes, went to the Hamptons. Now they were coming back into New York City. We went to um, Monmouth Beach. We went into the shore houses. We went everywhere but in New York City. And we did all those upgrades we were talking about, upgrading all networks. I upgraded all Crestron Classic systems, Crestron Home systems. You know, we updated lighting in people's homes. We updated screens with screen innovations. We updated projectors, you name it. It was like the customers were driven because they thought in their mind that this is going to keep going on. And I want to make it so comfortable for me to live through this that I don't want there to be any questions or any doubt. And I want you to be tied into it as guarantee me this is all going to work and be my support. And revenue at this point has never been as high. We pulled in for a whole year what we did just this month alone. This month alone, we quadrupled like our numbers. It, it's just mind-blowing. We have jobs from all over the place. We had to call on other technicians from other companies, which I just want to thank Leo from Lead Smart Group and Mark Feinberg for having us use their guys. I even have a partner that is part of a third party, James Johnson, who's been assisting me and building my knowledge and educating me through Crestron on the newer products that are out there and how to implement this and to think more resi commercial and put those products that are more in the commercial base and implement them with this one software that was built just for the home. And it's been amazing. I have nothing but great things to say about the experience. I have nothing but great things to say about what I've learned and how much I grew throughout this process, how much I've learned from, you know, Chris Netto, from AV Nation, from all those podcasts, from just speaking to different individuals I never spoke to before. And, you know, it, everyone's been so helpful. Like there's not one person in this industry that has gave you the stiff arm and said, I'm not helping you. I got my own stuff going on. And it's been a very inviting industry. And I'm so thankful for that because sometimes you forget how much resources, how much loving people in this market, because you get caught up and consumed into your own lifestyle. And that's what this helped do throughout this process is make us realize that we have a big community of loving great hearted people that are willing to help you through no matter what the times are. So I consider everyone in this industry family at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And man, I mean, the way that, the way that you stitched that together. So, you know, a couple of things that I got, I got goosebumps um, just in, in hearing the excitement in, in your voice. I mean, it, it's, Dang. I mean, it just, that is just, it's so cool. And the fact that, that a lot of that success that you're seeing was being provided by a product that you hadn't had experience with before. I know, you, I, I know you're very involved with Crestron and a big supporter there, as you should be. Um, but bringing Mercury into your offering and executing that quickly for your clientele, I can only imagine the, the need is particularly for the professional community now working from home to have it, to have a professional office environment. I was speaking with a designer. You may actually know her, a gal named Lawrence Carr, Lawrence Carr design in New York. So she does a lot of e-design. She that was a big part of what they did previously. So, you know, from, from a pivot standpoint, they, they didn't skip a beat, but from a business perspective, she was saying she got a inundated with requests for people to help um, provide a better background for their home office space as well. And so from a just interior de design perspective, making sure that the zoom environment or whatever video conferencing application you're using that what people saw in the background was on par with, with that person's profession or what they, you know, what they do for a living. And I thought that that was really interesting. I hadn't really thought about that. And the fact that she does e-design obviously catered very well to that. So I think, you know, kind of segueing that from design over back to technology is, you know, you're, you, you've definitely have, have put a point on, on the need and the necessity for that. It'd be interesting to see as we go, you know, now we're kind of, you know, going into summer and, um, you know, we, we have a little bit of a break a bit, but, you know, as the school year starts to come back into, into view, um, I'm curious what that'll look like for you. And I don't know if you have 
any thoughts on on that at all but do you think that the current wave as you're saying it will continue or do you think that it'll change form or i i, I think that we're in a, a new way of life at this point i think people are more embracing the technology than they ever did before because it takes hard times in order to realize what you have mm-hmm. and that's what i believe has happened it's just like you know if if you god forbid you lose somebody in your life you don't realize how important to their life that they were until they're gone. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what happened here is people realize how important technology is for them to get through life. You know, we were segregated and put into our homes and all we had was our communication, love for one another and our technology to keep us moving mm-hmm. and to everyday life to make things feel more like the normal. So I think at this point, the people who haven't already embraced it are going to start moving forward with it. Like I said, it's not just me that's successful. All my peers yeah. are trending in this area. You know, all the companies that I'm working with are getting leads and shifting the leads to other integrators like myself. So this is not just something that's for myself because people would turn around and say, oh, you know what it is? He works with the higher end market. They're 1%. They don't care. They don't get affected. That's not true. I don't only work for the 1%. I work for anyone that needs a service that loves what we do. That's my job is to cater to any client, not the high end client. And I'm working with a lot of clients who don't have the budget, but know now that they have to invest into their homes because they're no longer going to be at the office. And don't forget, people have to realize that the companies that they're working for are investing into the homes because they need to make sure that the quality that is being produced through there is going to continuously make them revenue. So no longer the office has that revenue they're putting into people's homes. So we have to realize that it's not the money that's coming from their pocket that's being spent. A lot of the time it's being from the corporation that's being spent. Now they're saving tens of thousands or millions of dollars by condensing their office spaces, by having people come home. And also people's salaries are inflating because we don't have to pay for tolls. They don't have to pay for gas. They don't have to pay for the stress of work. They're working more productive hours. And also if you work in more productive hours without stress, that means you're a lot happier and more productive. I think this way of life, and the way we're moving is the right way at this point. I think people are going to really give more excellence into everything they do versus giving subpar work by dealing with all the stresses of travel. Because I know it reconditions the way I think every single time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's as we're recording this, it's the it's the middle of June. At this point in the year, we would have already we would have already been through four trade shows. We would have been to Las Vegas, I think, four times by now. Uh and and we would have been home maybe fifty percent of the of the year at just to this point. And that trend would have continued, at least for us on the KMB side, it would have continued through October and there'd be a little bit of sporadic travel in the cor- in the fourth quarter. So it's really weird to have been grounded since the day we came back from ISE, Integrated Systems Europe. I think we landed here in the US on the 18th. Um, we actually drove it, flew in and out of Seattle. So we had a little bit of a drive time, but that was it. I mean, we, we, we parked the rig, we unpacked everything, you know, just like everybody else. I'm not, you know, not a unique story to us, but it was funny the other day as I was, you know, doing the 14th round of deep cleaning on the house because never have we been home this much. And I'm like, wow, hey, luggage, I'm not going to need you anytime soon. You know, and it, and, but at, there's kind of a joyful aspect to that. And where I'm going with this is I think that we're through a pandemic as we're all sort of being pushed into identifying what our individual work-life balance should be, you know, and, and that balance kind of got thrown off a little bit, but 
very much driven by social media, but my perception of what's happened with our with our industry community is a lot of us have gone back to back back to our roots a bit. You know, there's a lot of cooking has been being done, a lot of baking is being done, a lot of home repair has been being done. Through that experience, I think all of us are individually seeing how as Americans life used to be lived and how it's changed and how best to apply technology today to make it even better with that pursuit of that balance kind of being part of it. And I that's where I'm really interested to see where kind of, you know, once, once this new normal, hate the phrase, somebody mentioned now normal, right? And now normal, I kind of like that. That's a little bit more palpable. (laughs) That's a little more palpable. But I'm really curious to see how, you know, do we stay in this more balanced, more human centric mindset? Or do we just go back to crazy mayhem once things kind of, you know, go back to whatever that normal looks like. I, you know, I personally, I think we've got several phases more of this to go. So, you know, I don't think, I don't think we'll ever go back to what it was. Um, but, you know, as travel kind of starts to become more of a thing, you know, traveling to the office, traveling to meetings, you know, that, that sort of thing, but it's, it's going to be really interesting. So, um, so with that, that was just me kind of rambling on, but I want to swing back over to you. What are you trends coming, coming into view um, as far as like product categories or service offerings with your clientele? What do you, where do, what do you think's next? That's a good question. I, I think, like I said, first point would be the home office is where we're attacking the most uh, because that's something people need, right? Everything else that we're offering is just entertainment. It's just the quality of life. It's to help enhance their everyday life by building, you know, the forget moment, right? When people listen to music, watch TV, they're trying to forget the now and live in another reality for a couple of minutes and escape it. And that's our job. But the office, home office space is something they have to live in, right? That's the moment that they have to live in. That's what makes their life live, you know, move day to day and the quality of life sustain, okay, for whatever it is that they do. Now, with that being said, you know, we need a lot of things in that, like networking. We need to really, really educate ourselves in networking. I kind of more went to the simplistic approach of networking. I work with Arachnus on doing the routing uh, and network switches, and I've been ad- implementing Eero into our system. I know other areas are going to be like, <gasps> what? <laughs> what, what are you doing? You can't what? do that. <laughs> but you know what? It's customers need us in and out. At a, at a, you know, a lot quicker than we ever been before because they are home. Even if they say, oh, no, I'm cool with it. They're not cool with it. They don't want you to be around. They're afraid. There's still fears that are, are lingering. And by having quick solutions in order to offer to them, like Crestron Home, you know, the Control 4s, the Savants, the URCs, Eros, Sonos, that's how we're going to really build our bank for our buck is we're going to get in, get out, get paid. Now, that's the motto that we all want to do, and that's the motto we should live by. And then we also have to have sustainability, which comes out to the service agreements, right? We don't turn our back on the clients. So from day one, you have to be transparent that this product doesn't maintain itself, okay? This product has us standing by it. Welcome to our marriage. Do you say I do? Because I do. And we go through our service agreements based upon their packages. Now, for us, we have all different systems. We can't give the same price to every customer because some people have a lot of third-party solutions. There's a lot of different ecosystems working together, being integrated. That's very complex. So if something happens here, something happens here, something happens here. We got to track it down. And for houses that are acres of size, you can't price that at the same price as everyone else. Everyone else is individual. Every home has their own social security number, put it that way. <laughs> and 
that's how we've been handling, but we're very transparent to the clients on what we're offering. Now, integrators need to know about Parasol because Parasol is definitely a company if you're working with Arachnus. They're very educated. They're, they they seem to know everything about every product line and they always get the customers you know, fixed or have a solution ready for the customers that they feel satisfied afterwards. I know a lot of integrators that work with them and they're the number one company that I would promote every single day um, on customer service plans and agreements. Actually, it's called maintenance agreements because mm-hmm. service plans confuse customers yeah. and the customers think that, oh, it's a service plan. So you'll install the Apple TV for us. Yeah, you're right. That is a service. <laughs> but we don't offer that. So we're calling a maintenance agreement. See, this is the importance of words. You know, this is, this is why I do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's, a, that's an important, really important conversation to have. And, and especially right now, many of the integrators that I've talked to have, have spoken of this, the maintenance agreements um, as, as being a very important part of, of their um, day-to-day offering, but more importantly, now more than ever, because because you know, from a consumer standpoint, they know that they can count on the integrator. Then you know it's fully transparent, so they know exactly what service level they're supposed to be getting, when they can call, what you know, what what they'll get in return. Um, and it's you know, it's just it's it's like anything else. And I mean, everything needs needs maintenance. And it's you know, it's this is <laughs> it's really not that difficult. But um, are, do you do you provide any sort of? I'm going to try to keep going back to calling it service too. Do you offer um, maintenance for all of your customers? Is there like a baseline service that everybody gets, or or is it a package you have to buy in at, at a particular level, no matter what? I guess where I'm going is that, do you have like a, a free tier and then pricing tiers above that? Or is everybody paid no matter what? Uh, it's they get a certain period of time that they get a guarantee. Uh, so say look, the larger clients, any customers that are spending $100,000 and above will get one year of a free maintenance agreement. And then from there, we, you know, throughout the day one, we'll come up with how much it would cost in order to maintenance the system. If we built it from the bones all the way up, then we know exactly what it's going to cost. If it's a takeover job, uh, right from that day, we put down what the product's going to cost, what the service agreement's going to cost after you know one year, 90 days, or whatever it may be. Um, but we don't give any maintenance for free after that. Um, okay. They need to understand that there's a, there's a price to our service. There's a value. From day one, we want to express our value. And we turn down a lot of customers that don't understand value. Like when a customer's coming in and they're trying to nickel and dime, oh, can you sharpen your pencils? I don't have a pencil to sharpen. This is not about that. This is numbers. This is physical product. You can't sharpen product. So that's not how we work. Uh, if you don't want to work with this price, then you don't have value for our service. And maybe possibly those other two integrators can help you to better that price. But we can't offer that. Sorry, we're not going to change the way we do business and also degrade the product manufacturer's value and lower the cost which is a downstream for everyone because now if someone's lowering restaurant product by say 30%, then the next dealer is lowering it by 30%. Then the customers start tracking that, oh, this margin that's on this product, don't worry about it. You could get it down. Don't go with that guy. There's a lot of margins for that. The margin is for us to run our business. The, mar- the margin is for us to maintenance the product and take it out if there's an issue, give them advanced replacements. You know, there's more to that than just, oh, we're going to pocket that money and we're going to grow our business and be selfish. I don't care about money. Okay. The money sustains the business and keeps me in joy for having the source. Okay. That's all I care about. I want to keep the source because I love what I do. And it comes with a great package that I'm getting paid for that. And then I'm bringing in more guys who love what they do. Every technician I work for loves what they do. The sales reps I deal with love what they do. Ryan from Screen Innovations loves what he does. People at Crestron love what they do. That's why I 
partner with people is because I don't want someone who loves the money that comes from this because you can feel it. They shoo you out manufacturers that you're not making the revenue you're supposed to. And they invest into the guys who are bringing all the revenue. I promised myself from day one, I was never going to run my business like that. I was going to treat every client if they spent $20 or $20 million, which I have never got, but that'd be great. <laughs> and, but it doesn't matter. They're all customers and they all deserve, once they're in your blanket, they all deserve to be treated the same and fairly. The neighbor policy is everything to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, listeners, I, I, I hope that you kind of really heard and, and uh, engaged with the words that, that Todd was just sharing with you. There's a lot of really good insight there and, and, and obviously some recommendations based on experience um, that you absolutely can, can glean from. Um, one of the things that I, that I love about what you guys do is, is your willingness to work with other integration firms and, and, and to pull from as you need, but also provide back as they need. And, you know, it's really interesting to me because it, I don't know whether maybe it's just that I have a closer um, relationship with more of the integration community within that tri-state area. But from an outsider's perspective, I would be led to believe that that market being so competitive that, you know, you guys would not necessarily be as friendly <laughs> as you are. And yet in this marketplace, there's more of, of that brotherhood um, type of, of approach and relationship um, to really helping, helping integrators do better business individually, but also collectively. And I think that that is, there's, there's some, there's really something there that is, that's, that's special. And it's, I can't put a finger on it. Maybe it's because I don't live there. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, there's like, I don't know of another market that that's so competitive that you could put five or 10 integrators in the same room and they'd all be stoked to be there sharing ideas, sharing insights, sharing numbers. <laughs> and I don't mean phone numbers, um, you know, but really, you know, helping, helping to push the, the collective success forward. Um, and so, you know, I did a, a long winded way of, of complimenting you for that approach, but I mean, it's, uh, and it's, and it, it's deep rooted. I mean, it's in your DNA. That is, it, that's one thing that I've always been very impressed with you about is, you know, you're, you're definitely about helping others and really, you know, kind of that rising tide, um, you know, floats all floats all ships or however that goes. But um, so it's, it's really cool to catch up with you and, and see how that um, you know how that philosophy is is serving you and especially serving you very 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 well right now. I, I must tell you, hearing about how busy you've been in June, I'm I'm uh, I'm pretty honored that you made time for me. <laughs> I have to make time for you. Your family. This is this has been since day one. Like you yeah. told our history at the beginning. You know, this is not a new relationship, and you have to make time for your family, no matter what time it is. Business is not more important. Our relationship is more important than anything that comes in the door. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think it's, it's cool because I've met your wife and, 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 you know, it's like when I reach out to say hi to you, it's almost like an extension naturally if I need, you know, it's like, how's Jacqueline doing as well? And, you know, it's like your family. And, um, and I do, it's one of the things I love most about, about our industry is, you know, there's just, there really is a genuine love um, for each other. And, um, and I'm glad that that's remaining true through the pandemic. <laughs> it's just been a crazy time, you know, crazy, crazy time. So, you know, you, you provided some really good insights and, and, tips for integrators, but I kind of wanted to sling the mic over to you and, and give you sort of the, the, the royal setup here. If there was one thing right now that you would provide to the integration community as a, as a, um, as a recommendation or a, a, a thought or a support of, of, of their work, what would that be? That's, that's a great question. I think it's, it's just do everything with excellence um, to your customers, to your employees, to your loved ones, no matter what it is, is just to separate, segregate, and always do things with excellence. And what that means is that if you're offering a product, live with the product before you sell it. 
eat the groceries. A lot of integrators fail, not because they're not amazing at what they do, not because they're not great at the sales aspect. It's because they don't eat their own groceries. Set your employees up with the groceries, set them up with the products, and you'll see that your company excels in areas that's never excelled in before. Also give things a shot. You know, I was in the, I was the guy throughout the years that once I saw Snap AV, I was like, no, I'm not doing Snap. I love Snap. That's thanks to Mark Feinberg. You know, Eero. I would never do Eero, but I tried it. So if I never gave it a shot and I was the stubborn guy and stiff-armed everything, then I don't think I would be where I am in this moment. I wouldn't have been as successful when I came out of the pandemic because those products helped me to excel because they're easy to use. Give everything a shot. If you're not a Crestron guy, give Crestron Home a shot. If you're not a Control 4 guy, but you've always been thinking about it, give it a shot. If your market is calling for a certain product line, no matter what the market is and you've been hearing it a lot, there's a reason for it. It's going to help you to succeed. But before you offer it, live with it. That's the only thing I could tell integrators. And I guarantee they'll be successful in anything they do, which they probably already are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, you know, I think I've, I've always been taught, told and reminded, you know, you, you, you sell what you own. Um, and I think that that, you know, while in some cases that may not necessarily be true, but I think it's just a matter of you know, having a personal relationship with the technology that you are inherently trying to sell or create an experience around. If you haven't had that experience, it makes it really, really difficult. And I know that's hard on, in some cases with some products to be able to do that, but that's where the onus kind of goes back to the manufacturer or, or you know, the distributor to create those experience centers or to create those showrooms so that you can go in and really get hands-on and, and, and learn more about that. So um, you're pretty fortunate because you've got Crestron right in your, back, in your backyard, yeah. <laughs> literally and figuratively, um, <laughs> you know, and with travel that obviously can, can make it a challenge. But how, have you, um, are, how are you dealing with keeping you and your team trained? Are the webinars and all of that, is that sufficient? Or um, are you finding kind of some gaps there? Or? Um, the webinars really, I mean, if I could be honest, I'm done with them. They, they, they. <laughs> I'm fried. I don't feel like I learn anything from an own hands-on kind of guy. Um, if you put a book in front of me, I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to take whatever you handed me and try to build it or create what it's supposed to do from it. And I think that's how you learn more. I think the webinars are very useful for the mass market. It's useful for technicians that are just coming into the market, but I'd rather put the tools in people's hands. So that's what I did is there was a new couple of new product lines that have been introduced throughout the mix. I sent all my guys uh, Eros. I sent them the Arachnus 110 uh, routers. I sent them network switches and I sent them Crestron MC4R along with like um, whatever it is that they needed. So I wanted some guys to learn NVX. I wanted some guys to learn more about swamp and audio distribution. And I wanted some guys just to learn about networking. So we shipped them all out and then we would sit on Zoom calls and we would go through all their findings. And then they would also send me uh, a code to get in the VPN into the network and see how the systems were using. Some of them would send me out the you know information that I could get into the app, see how they built the app. And I feel with doing that, they have learned a lot more. But some of the guys were very active throughout the pandemic. You know, Some guys didn't want to stop working. There was a lot of homes that were safe. Uh, that they could go in and they did go into that. So they were really constantly doing the same thing they always did. A lot of people didn't stop, but the guys who did stop, we did give those products to them. And I felt like it, it was, it was amazing. And that that's helped us. Uh, and I'm sorry about the webinar comment, but I, it's just, it's just honest. And I yeah. want to be truthful to this industry every time. 
No, no, no. I mean, it, there, it really was a loaded question um, it, because it, that unanimously, I, there's nobody in my world that I've talked to in the last three weeks at this point that has had a different sentiment to that. And, and all the way through, you know, appreciation for, for the information being shared um, and for it being made available, but I think it's just the saturation effect at this point is, is pretty solid. And the, it, but, it, you know, loaded question and the reason why is, you know, I'm curious um, sort of what, so how do we what's the next phase of training and, and education? What does that look like? You know, we're, how does, how does AR, how does VR, how, you know, how are we going to start implementing those types of technologies and platforms in order to give more of a hands-on or virtually hands-on experience at, at the education level? Um, you know, so I'll be really interested to kind of see how that, how that comes together. Cause you know, the same old, same old webinar is not, is clearly not going to cut it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of winding down here, but you know, normally, you know, we'd be about two months away from seeing each other out at, at CD Expo, and now with with Expo disappearing in the live space as as the other trade shows, you know, so how how do does the integration community get presented and excited about new product introductions? You know, like <laughs> I don't think we have those answers yet, but um, it'll be interesting to see how that how that evolves. Um, you know, when we can't all gather in the in the same space to to touch and feel and, and enjoy and appreciate what all these things do. So I have an idea on that. That just crossed my mind. Maybe if people could do like you were just stating, which the idea came from what you know, you're speaking at the moment is maybe they could build like virtual boots that you kind of do the tour. Say for instance, if you were walking through a booth, they would show you all the new products like screening innovations has the facility in order to build their booth. They have a warehouse in order to do that. So they build everything there. You know, they stop whatever they're doing for that time being or they rent a facility and you kind of walk through everything step by step with them. And I think integrators will get more excited about that versus being like, here's this new product. Oh, it's a screen. Here's another new product. Oh, that's a screen too. Oh, this one goes up and down. You know, they kind of like with Ryan and the way he expresses things with Blake and the rest of the community of screen innovations, they're very excited and they're very driven. So when they speak, I get engaged. Mm-hmm. And I think if they did something more like that, I, I believe that more integrators would be more engaged versus what they were doing. I was watching some of the Infocom stuff and I just stopped watching it within seconds. I was like, what, what is this? It's a bunch of people talking about what, what are they showing? I, I don't, I don't even know what this stuff is. Like there's no visuals. There's, there's nothing. Is this like a, a sheet with a bunch of letters on it? I'm like, I could look that up on the website. Like there's nothing different from that. I, I'm yeah. sorry, but that's not something that's going to engage integrators. Yeah. Yeah. I got a demo yesterday. I, I, I'm not going to go into detail. I'll, I'll just drop a little bit. I had a demo yesterday from a company that does, um, works with the gaming industry and esports and they do major, major events. You know, they're the ones behind Riot and Warner and all of those, you know, they do their live events for them. And now they're doing the virtual events. I'm telling you what the gaming side of the world is doing is so much more interesting than what we've got. So I'm really hoping that we kind of pull pull that over and I'm intentionally not dropping names because I hope to have a hand in this because <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. So more, more on that, more on that later. Um, I actually do have a, a show that I'm scheduling with, um, with, with this group to, uh, to talk about how they're doing things differently on, um, and some takeaways that we might be able to, to have. So anyways, well, I don't want to keep you any longer. I truly, truly appreciate taking the time uh, away, away from your day. And, um, but more importantly, really for the, for the insights that you shared for me personally, but professionally also for the integration community, there's a lot of really good nuggets in there, guys and gals. So uh, if you haven't been taking notes as, as you've been going, perhaps you've been walking the dog or doing your workout, whatever, and that's totally cool. Um, but you know, go, go back and grab a, grab a notebook and, and just rewind and kind of listen to some of the suggestions that Todd was providing. Most importantly, you know, I think as, as we trail off, you know, do everything with excellence. And I think that that's an excellent, excellent uh, word of, words of wisdom from Todd, but also, you know, a good, a good mantra for us all is do everything with excellence. Um, you know, sure, things are going to fall short, but as long as we're learning, 
that's a good thing. So, um, so anyways, Todd, I, I really, I just appreciate you taking the time so much and sharing insights. Uh, for anybody who wanted to reach out and get to know you or uh, contact you for follow-up, how would they do so? Uh, you could get reach, reach for me at Todd at the source, hometheater.com or on Twitter at Todd Anthony Puma. Excellent. Excellent. And of course, you also contribute to residential systems. So you'll see uh, Todd's work there from time to time. And uh, if there's anything that you're interested in there, definitely reach out. He's always, that's always provided me um, answers and insights uh, very, very quickly, which I've appreciated immensely over the years. And I encourage you guys to do the same. So again, this has been a conversation with Todd Anthony Puma of the Source Home Theater Design and Installation in New York. I'm Katie McGregor-Bennett, your host of AB Trade Talk. We'll catch you again on another episode. Thanks for tuning in.